When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Extra, the podcast. We are back, and we have such a great episode for you today. I'm Melvin Robert. Thank you so much for listening. Usher is about to take the world's biggest stage, and he shares the memorable call that he received from Jay-Z after landing the coveted Super Bowl halftime gig. Then, Charlize Theron shares why advocacy is in her DNA and what helped her earn major mom points with her two daughters. Plus, Meg Ryan on her return to the big screen for the first time in eight years. But first, the entire world is still mourning the sudden and unthinkable loss of friend star Matthew Perry. Extra has spoken to Matthew many times over the years, and we looked back at one of our last interviews with the star when he sat down with his castmates for the Friends reunion back in 2021. Take a listen. Yes. Hello. Hi. Hello. Right into it. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited to be doing this interview. Everyone's excited about this cast reunion. Tell us what we're going to see, what we can expect. Uh, you'll see love, you'll see loss, you'll see uh, guest stars, you'll see surprises, you'll see game shows, you'll see... Uh, Okay. What else? You'll see. Well, you'll see uh, the six I of us. I'm going off the top of the head here. You'll see. You'll see the six of us in the same room for the first time in uh, at least nine years, if not seventeen. So. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, it'll be a really fun, entertaining show. We don't want to give any spoilers, but um, it's not just as Matthew had said in another interview. It's not just the six of us watching clips of the show and commenting about it. It's yeah. it's a much more, I think, interesting and um, uh, also nostalgic uh, kind of uh, special. So, yeah, it's kind of like a peek behind the curtain for like what it was like for us to make the show. You know, all these years later, us yeah. looking back on it and how much fun we had and how we all sort of get along and that kind of thing. Is this going better than the girls interview? No, listen, I was, well, let me tell you why I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed here. Because when I was doing the girls' interview, I heard you all go, ah! And I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, that to happen right now. Can we do it on three? Oh, no, I just stood on the tack. <laughs> <laughs> I just stood on a, on a very no, large no, no. tack. No, he's, he's, he's kidding. And we'll surprise you with that. We, we don't want to be, okay. you know. You talked about looking back. Matt, you had said, or I read that you were literally broke when you started doing, right before you got the call that you got this gig, $11 in your wallet. When you look at where you were to where you are now, how does that feel? I'm in the same place, broke again. Yeah, Matt, still $11? No, back to $11, yeah. It's got $11 and 17 cars. And that's, that's it all. That's it. Just, no, no, just a hell a of a ride, though. A bunch of cars and $17. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk to you about a little later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what I was wondering is you guys seem to get along so well all these years later. 
But I am curious, when you first met, what was your first impression of one another? Um, you know, it was weird. We, I, I, I'll speak for myself only, but I remember um, sort of coming into the group and you know, you read the script and it's about six people who really get along. So, I, I mean, it's clearly in my best interest to be open to getting along with everyone. And it was really easy to do so. And I, I, I don't want to speak for you guys. But what did you think of each person, though? Um, I liked David. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, everyone was so different and so unique. And, you know, when I remember the first table read, everybody's delivery. I was just like, wow, that is such an interesting way to say that joke and wow that's funny and wow that I yeah, would have never thought of that. I remember showing up for the table read that's the first time I met the other five and the first person I saw was LeBlanc and I thought and he was you know such a hum, like such a good-looking guy and I was like oh that's why I've been that's why I'm not casting all those roles because because of that guy and then we we sat in and I, 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 the hardest person, the person I couldn't imagine was Chandler. And until I met Matthew and then we did the table read and I was like, well, no one else could play that, that guy. Cause that is, that's great. Yeah. So, um, that's you he's talking about. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, that first table read was amazing. I really thought the casting was incredible. I, I remember thinking if this show isn't picked up, I mean, they're bananas because yeah. these five people are almost as good as me. <laughs> yeah, part of the magic showed itself. Part of the magic showed itself at the table read because everybody had its their own kind of hint to slant to uh, their way of talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you knew you had something special from the very beginning. Yeah. Did you ever think that it would become what it is today? No, there, we, there was no way to, to guess that it would become the big, huge show that it became. But there, I, did, I, I did know that it was going to become a big deal. He has a crystal ball. Yeah, absolutely. You mean after after shooting the pilot, right? After shooting, after shooting, well, after the first run through, I knew, oh, this is going to be a big deal. Yeah, no, absolutely, Matthew. I want to say congratulations to you. I've seen some pictures. Congratulations on your engagement. Oh, thank you very much. What? Maybe a friend reunion at the Yeah, 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 Matt. I'm breaking this to you. Yeah, I am. Thank you. Yes, we're very happy for them. Real quick, before I let you go, yes, before, before I let you go, I want to do a quick quiz with you, ask you a couple questions. I asked the ladies this, so I'm curious if you have some of the same answers. Who was always the latest to set? Jennifer. I mean, I don't know. Who forgot their lines the most? Lisa? Lisa or Courtney? Probably Courtney. Courtney. Of course, because she wrote Courtney. her lines down. She wrote her lines all over the furniture. <laughs> yes, you did! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She'd have cheat sheets everywhere. Yeah. Now I want to go back and watch old episodes to see if I can tell yeah. you. Yeah. It's hilarious. Okay, who, who has the most irritating habit? Um, I mean... I clear my voice, I clear my throat, which can be at least irritating to me. Irritating or entertaining? I think she said entertaining. <laughs> entertaining or irritating? I thought she said irritating. Irritating. Oh, irritating. I, my bad. Um, 
Yeah, that's David. Yeah, that's me. I guess with the throat. <laughs> yeah. The throat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we think we got it. Thank you so much for your time. You're so very thank welcome. You thank, thank you so you. much. Bye-bye. That's a fan looking forward to it. Thank you. Oh, Thanks, so, Thanks much. so much. Thanks so much. Gosh, it's such an unfathomable loss. Truly, Matthew Perry will be so deeply missed. Next up, everybody, Usher is about to take the world's biggest stage, and it's located just down the street from his epic Vegas residency. Extras Mona Kosar Abdi talks to the superstar musician and shares the surprising call that he got from Jay-Z after announcing that he would be headlining the Super Bowl halftime show. Usher, how are you? Welcome to New York. I was just telling you how cold it is here. I know, I see you got the coat and everything, but you're prepared. Well, I mean, it's a good call for fashion. You know, the colder it is, the more you can layer up. But um, I don't really like to be cold that often. Well, sorry, but I will (laughs) say it is nice to have you in New York. You are in New York to raise awareness about type 1 diabetes. Correct. Tell me about the One Pledge Movement with Santa Fe. Uh, The One Pledge Movement is an opportunity for um, you to detect early signs. well, if you are potentially detecting early signs of T1D uh, through blood testing, you'll be able to determine, you know, whether your child has uh, type 1 diabetes. It cannot be prevented, but it could be, um, you could be prepared uh, for the journey of which I've actually lived with. And I don't know if people know that, that I have a child who is T1D and, um, you know, suitable in this time with all of the things that are going on in the world. and. You know, things that I've made a priority to advocate for something that I think is important for people to be prepared for this journey, you know. Yeah, this hits close to home for you. Mm-hmm. As a dad, what, I mean, what is that moment like when your child gets diagnosed with diabetes? Um, what well, the first thing you are is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, how severe is this? What does this mean? What can I do? And, um, you know, the most important part for me was being prepared. I think... You know, had I had the opportunity uh, to have tested my child early enough to detect um, that um, my child was T1D, I probably would have, you know, made or had other options or, or decisions that would have made to really prepare me mentally. Because it's not just your child living with it, you are. You know, every moment you're thinking about highs and lows, um, blood glucose levels are really a, a maintenance thing. You have to ma- determine rather, you know, you administer insulin or, um, you know, people have many different directions and obviously doctors uh, can help you within that process of getting acclimated of how you treat uh, type one diabetes. But um, I was shell shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I didn't really uh, understand it because uh, my child was the first in our family to be T1D. Uh, this wasn't, um, you know, the normal situation that it's hereditary. If there's, you know, type one diabetics in your family, there's a potential for you to be. Um, but this was obviously not something that I, I would have prepared for. It's amazing to see that obviously you're using your platform for something that affects your fans, affects a lot of families. Mm-hmm. You're very busy. Yeah. Um, it's been an amazing year for you. I do want to also talk about your Vegas residency. Okay. What, I mean, 
I, I see videos almost daily where people posting about your Vegas residency. We've seen big stars like Kim Kardashian, Doja Cat. I mean, it is a moment. Yeah. What is it like for you? I mean, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I get the pleasure of, um, you know, every Wednesday, Friday and Saturday doing doing shows to entertain an audience that came. Some flew from, you know, across, you know, across the pond to uh, come and see me perform here in, well, there in Las Vegas. Um, it's, it's an honor. It's a, it's a pleasure to have a catalog and also two fans that are excited. And I get a chance to, to entertain them. So Vegas is a place where you can showcase your legacy. Mm -hmm. A lot of artists have gone there yep. to showcase just all the music that people have grown up on and grown to love. For you though, you're a very modern artist. So mm -hmm. yes, you have a legacy and there's all these times where we could be like, oh, there's this song and this song, but you're still a very modern artist. How mm -hmm. does it feel to have that impact? Because I don't think many artists can do that and make and keep so current. Relevance is the love that you put in anything that you do. You know, as an entertainer, um, it will always be relevant to entertain people. Whether you have a hit song on the radio or you don't, that's what's beautiful about it. Um, and before residency, it was really more, you know, I'd put out an album, I'd promote that album, and then I would go on tour. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, prepare for a role, work hard, wait, go to the premiere, and then enjoy it or either look at it. I will work on a product, put it out, and then see the reaction. This one is like, no, you get a chance to finally reap the benefits of, you know, the um, the success of the past. If it were a number one record or if it was a, a great video, if it was a great performance, you get a chance to do all that live in the moment. So I think, if anything, the relevance comes as a result of my love for entertainment. And um, I really do curate a show that I think will lead people um, excited. Um, it is a fantasy. It is an idea of, you know, this immersive idea um, and storytelling using um, all of my songs. My music has been a celebration of life. And in that moment, I get a chance to see it. It's like, wow. Yeah, for every moment that I've had, I've had a story. I've had a song, a, a, a movement, something that I put to it. And I get a chance to curate it, this audience. Uh, speaking of fantasy, I know there's a lot of people out there that want to know, mm. what do you have to do to get that one seat where you pull the girl and you start serenading her? You never know. <laughs> you never know. Do you know. have to be a Jessica Alba or you can be just no. that big Usher fan? Come on, come on. No. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a three ring circus. No, <laughs> look, um, there is no method to serenading, a, a, you know, a, an audience member if you're do you enjoying know beforehand? it. beforehand? Um, I don't. Oh, okay. And it happens in a moment. Um, you know, the serenade is uh, a classic thing for R&B performances, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I just took it a little bit further and go out in the audience and make it a moment. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, it, happen, it has to happen in the moment. You know, I, don't, I, I think if I calculated too much, I'd probably mess it up. But I, um, I'm looking out in the audience. I can see everything. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Like I get a chance to literally look in this audience and it's very um, intimate because we're playing the Dolby Live Theater. It's not, you know, it's not an arena where I can't see faces. Mm -hmm. I can see every expression. I see each and every person moving in the room. If you're on your phone, if you're not paying attention, <laughs> if you're having a great time, if you're crying, you're emotional. I see all of those things. Mm -hmm. So as I'm watching, 
I'm determining, like, I'm geo-targeting, like, where's the emotion? Ah, boom, there it is. Okay, there she is. I got it. Are you a menace? Are you like, "Mm, let me see how strong their relationship is? Um, (laughs) No. No, actually, um, I'm not actually looking for the girl who didn't come with her man. Um, (laughs) Contrary to belief. Well, I mean, some might assume, but no. um, you know, I, I, I've told you, please come, come with your, with your, come and have fun. This, the whole person, the whole purpose and point of us being there in Las Vegas is to have what happens in Vegas to stay in Vegas, right? So yeah, come have a good time. You know, if you if you if you send her, I'll take care of her. Oh, no problem. Oh, and uh, <laughs> we'll make certain that I, we entertain and have a good time and and uh, and reminisce, you know, over the years of music and and good times. But no, I'm not. You know, Come on, man. It's all good fun. You are a menace. Yeah. Um, so from <laughs> Vegas to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I need to know, what was that phone call like? Jay-Z calls you. Did it play out like it did in the Confessions music video? It kind of felt like that. Yeah. Yes, it, it did. It was a surprise. I was shocked. Um, although I'd known that as hard as I'm working here in Las Vegas, there's no way possible that I shouldn't get that call. Um, you know, I think that you something like it set you up. I don't know if it did, but I, I know that um, Jay Z and um, you know Dez and, and everybody who has something to do with the selection, it has been well curated over the past years based off of storytelling, and this will be a great moment. So mm-hmm. when I got the call, it's like, man, I've been working really hard my entire career, the preparation didn't start within the last two years of performing in Las Vegas. It really started 30 years ago. Mm. And my commitment to it uh, and the journey that I've taken musically is why I think I'm given that moment. But I thought it would be a great thing if we were having the Super Bowl in Las Vegas to play it. I think I can handle it. Mm. Um, I want to. I am excited to to do it. And uh, he, he, he gave me a call and he said, it's your magic moment. This is it. This is your Michael moment. He said Michael moment. I was like, that's a lot of pressure, bro. <laughs> but um, so many incredible artists that I respect have played that stage. Um, rather, it was Beyonce Prince, you know, even recent uh, performances from, you know, artists just like, wow, that is it is a it's it's a it's the most compact 13 minutes of your life (laughs) and you have to manage to entertain in a way that you feel is going to make certain that you represent your legacy Mm -hmm. and also to entertain people who may or may not necessarily know your music and know your journey so i'm thinking of all of those things it's the biggest stage in entertainment Mm -hmm. and you actually it doesn't get any bigger actually it really doesn't yeah you made no pressure (laughs) sorry (laughs) <laughs> um, I didn't call your Michael moment at least. Like, yo, bro. All right. Really, you could have just knocked him down. Um, but you actually made an appearance at the Super Bowl over a decade ago. Yep. I know it's not the same, but I will say 10 years ago, hell, 15 years ago, you could have headlined the Super Bowl and we would have all shown up yeah. and loved it. Why do you think now is the perfect moment? I think maybe the curators of that time didn't see the value in the genre of music that I represent, one. Um, who knows? It could it could have been, maybe it just wasn't the right timing. I could suffer in, in the thought of what and why I wasn't given that moment before, but I have it, so why would I? I can be happy that I do. And, um, you know, I, I take it serious and I want to make certain that 
uh, for the world who actually is not watching football for that moment <clears> to to <throat> <laughs> to be entertained. And, um, you know, for football fans as well to have something incredible to look at for the halftime performance. I think the timing is impeccable. 2024 yeah. is going to be a huge year for you. Aside from a new album, you have the 30th anniversary of Usher, the 20th oh. anniversary of Confessions. Yep. The, I mean, and then how is this possible? About, I'm only 22 years old. What? <laughs> how, is it, how is this even possible? You know? Child labor. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> um, but no, no, I mean, it is. Your legacy is just incredible. And to top yeah. it off with the Super Bowl, I mean, what are we going to get? Are we going to get the classics? Are we going to get new stuff? Give me something. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you're going to get hit records. That's obviously. Hey. Um, I, I do. I want to play uh, the songs that people obviously recognize and the ones that I celebrate. I've been able to laugh. I've been able to cry. I've been vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I've been... Um, Telling and honest, I found really great ways to help us communicate better through my music. And that celebration is inside of this curation. So, um, and I've also, too, collaborated with a lot of people in the process. Oh. So, oh. there's a celebration there. Okay. Is yeah. there an appearance? Is that what you're trying to I tell me? I just gave it all to you. See, listen. I just, just you got to decode it. You do that part. Okay. Look. Um, listen, <laughs> I'm going to name a few names. And Look you just, just blink twice if I say something right. Because I'm hearing Justin Bieber. Are you blinking? Uh, Alicia Keys. There's a Will I Am. You know, I spent a lot of time in Vegas, so I've worked on my poker face, right? Oh, okay, okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll decode it later, but <laughs> I'm going to throw out. Are we going to see Usher, John, and Luda do it again? Man, that's, that's a Ooh. really... That's a Maybe really... I'm just kind of manifesting now. You know what? Yeah. There's, there's something to that, right? There's something oh. to being able to put things in the air. Yeah. You know, you, um, you know, <laughs> affirmations, you know what I mean? You just got to put it out there. You, know? yeah. you don't ask, you never receive. Mm. But did, great ideas. Is that what you did with the Super Bowl? Um, I'm a praying man, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah, I prayed that I wanted that moment. I really did. And I'd been asked uh, many times about whether I would play it or not. Um, so you've been asked and you've turned it down? Or are you just saying, you're? oh, you've been asked about... Yeah, no, people, you want it? before I had it, people mm. um, had asked because there had been fans online saying, you know, I should have it. Mm. Um, people asking, you know, um, or inquiring rather I could play it. It was a ton of things out there online. But, hey, man, if God wants it to happen, it will. I do believe in, you know, ordained occurrences in life, right? Things do happen universally when you put energy out there and you're committed. I've been dedicated uh, in my career and entertainment is something that I want to be remembered for. There are many things that I, I want to be remembered for yeah. uh, when I've passed, but I want I want people to remember the type of entertainer that I was and how my music managed to, you know, kind of bring the world together. Asher, thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate your time. It's this my pleasure. A great conversation. I don't know about y'all, but I am so looking forward to seeing Usher take the stage at Super Bowl 58 on February 11th. Now to this, Charlize Theron is an Oscar winner, an advocate, also a mother of two. Extra caught up with the actress at Town & Country's Philanthropic Summit, and she shares why advocacy is in her DNA. Plus, she talks about the major mom points that she earned by taking her daughters to Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. 
How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? I am amazing. Good. We are here celebrating the 10th anniversary of Town & Country's Philanthropic Summit, yeah. Philanthropy Summit. We are just talking about how that word will throw you off. Yeah. Um, why was it important for you to be here today? I mean, they celebrate innovative and inspiring leaders doing some great philanthropic work. For me, it is obvious that you are here, but I want to know what it means to you. It's an honor. I, I love being in this company. I feel like this work can be very hard and you need to be in rooms with people like this to remember why you're doing it and to inspire you to keep doing it because there are days where it's really hard and 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 being patient with change is some is one of the hardest things for for me i'm like i need people to remind me like okay it's it will happen slow down as long as you're just on the right track and you're doing this this way and so it's nice to be in a room with people who are just experiencing the same thing i am trying to do this work Definitely. And you are doing the work. I mean, you have a track record of doing the work. I will say, um, being from South Africa, my family's from Africa as well, yeah. there's a personal connection and it shows in your work. Do you feel like using your platform and sharing your experience is your life's work? It's your mission. I think it's something that's just always going to be a part of me. Uh, no matter, I think people like to get down to semantics, like she hasn't lived here in forever, but it's where I think I was formed as a, as a human and whether my experiences then moved from there, it, it, it doesn't take away from this feeling that somehow you have to figure out how you can be best of service to the place that kind of made you who you are. And that's how I feel about South Africa. And through your Africa outreach program, you don't just address the issues you get to the root of the issues why was that important for you to not just do the surface level work you have to think of it holistically you know and I, I think you can go in and do whatever work you want to do but for me it was important to a not inadvertently be a burden to communities because I think that can happen very easily I wanted to know exactly how I can come in and fill a gap that was that was that needed filling and to do it in a way where you really look, you go, yeah, you, it's, it's ground, you, you have to start from the bottom up. You just have to. And when you do that, you realize it helps so many other issues that communities face. And it becomes way more holistic than kind of thinking of it in a silo. Empowering the people on the ground. Listen, they are the ones. I, we are, we, I always say we work for them. And we are honored to work with them because they are incredible, incredible leaders in their communities. And they work in a way that is effective. They reach the most vulnerable and the work permeates. And so we are, we do what we can do best here in order to service them, but they are really the true heroes. And so what are you most proud of when it comes to your program? That's it. <laughs> um, I think I'm, I'm always proud uh, yeah, the partners. I have to say I'm proud of all the partners that we get to work with. I'm so proud of them. And we have a, a fundraiser in, in L.A. Uh, annually, and we, we got to fly some of them out last, um, was it, the, no, this year. Oh, my God, this year. And they, you know, they got to the stage and they were talking. And I, the, the inspiration, the passion, the knowledge, the, the excitement and the anger and all of the emotions that you need in order to like really be good at this is what they brought to our fundraiser. And I just remember watching them and just being so emotionally proud of these people. Like what they do is so, they, it's hard work. It's really hard work and it's not safe work. And you know, there was a woman Lucinda up there, and I know how hard it is to do the work that she does, but she still does it every single day. 
And so I'm very proud of those people. And something else important to you, obviously, is motherhood. How do you make sure to instill the same values in your children and make sure that they see what's going on in the world and that they play their part as well? Yeah, that's so funny that you said see what's going on in the world. Uh, I was I was FaceTiming with my daughter this morning, and I could hear that the news was on in the background, and they were talking about the war. And, and I, I, I said, you should you go turn the TV off. I almost feel like our kids are seeing too much, you know, and it's now become more important to almost like to try and eliminate some of this because it's not helping and it's not helping all of us, but I think we're, we're more capable of dealing with it. So for me, it's about keeping them safe and form, but, but also not bombarding them with imagery and, and contacts that they're not ready for and to find joy and happiness every single day to go and have healthy lives and be good people. And we see also that you went to the Taylor Swift concert with them. I mean, that obviously is giving them joy and keeping them young as well. What was that moment like no, for no, you? No, that's keeping me young. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. keeping me young. Yeah, because you should get it off the side of your yeah, my kids are keeping me young. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the Ares concert was a moment. Was it so much fun watching them as well and just enjoying? Because yeah. I'm sure they love her just like everyone else. Yeah, and it's always it's always nice when your kids are happy, right? Mm-hmm. And my oldest is now getting into that teenage, like, you know, mom's not cool anymore. And so when I have little moments like that where, you know, I buy her the, t- the Taylor Swift T-shirt that nobody can get, yeah. that's when I'm like a hero, you know. I'm like, mom, you got me that shirt that nobody can get? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes I did. Yes, I did. Don't forget that. Stacy's mom didn't. I did. <laughs> You can learn more about Charlize Theron's foundation at charliseafricaoutreach.org. Next up, after an eight-year break, Meg Ryan is making her return to the big screen. And she's doing what she does best, a romantic comedy. Meg and co-star David Duchovny sit down with extras Terry Seymour to discuss their new movie, What Happens Later. Hi, I'm Terry Seymour from Extra. Hi, Meg. Hi, David. How are you? Hi, Hi Terry. Terry. So good to see you both. I was very excited to see you both up there on the big screen. It's so great seeing you together. Brought me lots of joy. Was it (laughs) fun for the two of you working together? Yeah. Yeah. We had, it was just all the the time that we were actually, you know, doing the scenes. I I was, it was, it was really joyful the whole time because we were trying to, trying to work in this a loving vein in a way just of of this of this story you know and to try to get through try to make it as funny as we could as real as we could as joyful as we could as as sad as we could at those times so all those kind of vectors were a joy to kind of come to work to do yeah and then it was fun not working too actually in Bentonville. <laughs> Bentonville Arkansas yeah. I loved being there yeah. I, I loved it there that you know we um it just has about like 850 miles of bike riding trails that we shot all night. So during the day, you could actually. Meg was always off on her bike. I was on my bike almost during all the, the day. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so we, we, all in all, I wish it would have gone on yeah. for longer. Yeah. Meg, what was it about this after taking a break for eight years and this brings you back? You wore many hats on this, not only starring in it, co writing it, directing it. What was it about this project that you loved? Well, you know, really, it seemed doable, actually. 
You know, like it came to me during COVID. There's two characters. It's a distilled story. Only two people are, are talking. It seemed, um, and I, I really, really came to love the idea that we were making, um, that this magical environment, we had to kind of concoct that. And there were a lot, there was a, a lot of limits. You know, we didn't have a big budget or anything like that. So it was a, a, a lot of imagination went into it. Um, needed to go into it. So I guess that hooked me, you know, all the, the, the little obstacle course that it had to overcome and to become real. Yeah, David, how thrilled were you that Meg wanted to direct you in this? Oh, I, I am thrilled. I was thrilled. I was, I was happy, not, not just to be directed, but to actually work with Meg as, a, as an actress um, was was and is that was just an incredible thing for me as an actor to be able to play off of somebody who's as good as at what she does as Meg is. And there's so much to do actually for these two characters too. Yeah. You know, like it, it is it has like these rom com elements, but really it's a love story and it's a little bit of um, you know it has these depth charged moments and you had to have a lot of like dexterity and a lot of ability to sort of not call attention to the shifts in tone and, you know, sell them anyway, commit to the absurd, commit to the truth. And that- We're, we're drunk needed, here, we're not drunk we're not there. Drunk there. <laughs> like, that you need a real partner for. Um, and Meg was very open, just very flexible uh, all the time, uh, which, you know, in a director is, is wonderful, you know, because even within that flexibility, she, she kept, you know, her major vision, her, her one vision for the film uh, alive. So that's just fun to be up yeah, on your feet and, and, and just reacting off of her. There was a couple of days that just felt like, you know, if we were, you know, elite sports, mm. play, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the kind of concentration you had to have to like, to commit to the dialogue and the blocking and the, yeah. the long takes and the crowds that really weren't, we weren't able to control and, um, you know, and then we, we, yeah, and there's some special effects in the movie too. You have to kind of pretend around. So, yeah, yeah it was it was a challenge that way. And talking about flexibility, the dancing, we see how flexible <laughs> you both are there. Whose choreography was that? Was that you, David? Who was choreographing? Uh, yes, uh, it was. Uh, I choreographed me, and, and Mary <laughs> choreographed herself, and and somehow we yeah, existed somehow, in the same space yeah. without. Yeah. Belting one another in we the head. We were winging it. Yeah. Make you feel so moved. I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift you up. Yes. He, like, <laughs> from across that big space we were in, <laughs> we weren't mic'd or anything. And he's like, I'm going to lift you up. <laughs> I'm going to put you over my jaw. All right. So we could, you know, that we was just, the only, we just had to go for it. Yeah. How many takes did we do? We did like three. Three takes of just the whole song. And, and I was like, Mm, I got about one minute worth of moves, <laughs> and then I'm just gonna have to repeat. I'm gonna have to go back of just repeat what I've done. Meg's a natural. We can see you like dancing. What's that? Huh? They said Meg's a natural. We can see you like dancing. It was very clear that you love yeah. dancing. Yeah, she does. Meg, I like dancing. Yes. Oh, sure. David does too. You know? No, no, that's okay. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. You're both right. in there. As soon as that was my favorite scene. That, oh, that one, we yeah. were on fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meg, you said something I read in an interview that you said about how Daisy, your daughter, when she loves a movie, it makes her tingle. So, have you <laughs> seen this? Did Daisy? <laughs> Daisy. Oh God, sorry, Days. <laughs> but she call she when she sees a movie like especially a rom com, she'll go, Mom, this scares me. 
I can't. I'm not. Poor Daisy. I'm not saying that anymore. <laughs> but anyway, she, but she loves these. She couldn't. She can't believe she's at college. She's in college now, and she really can't believe other people don't know the Philadelphia story or right. bringing up baby or it's a wonderful life. She loves those movies. Did this make her tingle? Has she seen it yet? She hasn't seen it. Sorry. It's going to make her tingle. It's going to make her tingle. I can see that uh, on an ad. Daisy, <laughs> tingle. Daisy Ryan. David, what makes you tingle? Oh, oh come on. Uh, um, Next question. It does. I mean, you know, this kind of a thing, when I saw the movie, I mean, I, I had the experience of working with Meg and I loved it. And you know, you always have lowered expectations of yeah. a movie. Yeah. You, you're always you're always preparing. You go yourself. in with very high expectations. And then you and then you and leave, they gradually <laughs> they get lower and lower. <laughs> and then when I saw the movie, I, I I don't know that I'd say I was tingling, but <laughs> I had I had my own version of that was which is just like this 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 works this works. And it does. It, it definitely it, works. We were and able it, to show the movie. Oh, and, go ahead. And it's about love, as Meg says. It's like, yeah, it's a rom-com, but it's really, it's a love story. It's yeah, a love it's, story that spans decades. Yeah, it's these two people trying to figure, like trying to make sense of a life lived without one another. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting, like, take on, on yeah. love. And, like, yeah. what happened? You know, what, what happens when you don't get your facts straight? You know, what happens when you are willing to forgive yourself? And what happens when... Um, you know, when you're willing to surrender, all these things are, you know, it really sounds like a downer now, but actually <laughs> all those things are in this movie, you know? Yeah. There's a lot in it. Meg, do you like the titles you've been given? America's Sweetheart and Queen of the Rom-Com. Do you love those titles? I, I imagine there's worse. There's worse titles to have. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I could be called many worse things. Thank you, David. That no, is I, very I'm saying you could be called no, a worse person. Thing, but a person could. Do you be have any monikers? Are you? Uh, let's not get into that. Okay. I've been called <laughs> queen of the rom com myself, <laughs> but only in my house. <laughs> and finally, to end with, because I've got to wrap. Do you believe in happy endings? You know, this movie is like so. It's like you say, so many parts, but part of it is. Happy endings. Meg, do you believe in a happy endings well, in love? I think that this um, movie tries to reimagine the myth of happily ever after. It's trying to, like, call it something a little bit different, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's an, uh, roller coaster ride that these two are on throughout the movie that has, a, like, a continuum. And they have, they're able to give each other a lot the, on the one night that they spend together, a lot of um, gifts that no one else could give either. So um, I'm sure that does not answer your question, but I but I hope that like that's what we we endeavored to do is to to say happily ever after might have a different definition. Then, you know what occurs to me? It was like that phrase, what is it, if I only knew then what then I Then what I know now. It's kind of like the answer to that. It's like <clears throat> two people get a chance, which you never get in life or rarely, to actually learn what you didn't know then and, and kind of yeah. learn about the other person. Because we both had these false kind of ideas about one another and why we split up. And yeah. and. We, we, we we get liberated from like the prison of of our own conceptions that way, which also doesn't sound very funny in rom com. But it's but it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's so relatable. You know where rom com normally goes. Yeah. 
And very, it's interesting how they see things so differently, remember things so differently. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and what happens, it's in- interesting in these days when we have no facts anymore, <laughs> these guys have to, you know, it, it benefits them to decide on the truth. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They're telling me, rap, 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 please rap, I got rapping. Okay. Thank you both <laughs> Thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. So good seeing you both. Pleasure talking to you. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye, David. Bye, man. Check out What Happens Later in theaters now. And that's all we've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Extra the Podcast. Be sure to listen and follow on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye.